I just wanted to spend some time talking about worship. I think so often, especially in today's society, we are so content with a surface level relationship with God. We're so content with like the in and out and church and things and oh, I'm reading a post really spiritual thing, but we forget that a relationship with God, worship to God happens not on surface level, but face to face. And so we're going to pr- talk to, talk through words. We're going to talk through some practicals on how do we worship God in a manner that puts us face to face with him. Is that cool? Can we do that? That's where we're going. One person's excited. That's me. So let's go. Uh, I want to title tonight's message. Are you taking notes? Are you taking notes? The title of tonight's message is Say It With Your Chest. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, don't just say it. Say it with your chest. That neighbor did not like that. Turn to the other neighbor and say, other neighbor. That was weak sauce from neighbor number one. Don't just say it. Say it with your chest. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Did you find it? Are you there? Did you find it? Deuteronomy chapter 11. Through a curveball. Okay, this is what it says. We're going to skip through, but it's on the screen. Screen Bible. Verse 1 says this. You must love the Lord your God and obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. And we're going to skip down to verse 13. It says, if you carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and soul, then he will send the rains in proper seasons. That's weird. Why are we talking about rains? Basically saying, if you love God, you will trust him, you, and you will serve him. And guess what? He's going to take care of you. That's what that means, basically. And then skip down to verse 22. It says, be careful to obey all that he has commanded you. And show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Be careful to obey all the commands that God has given you. And then show love. I love that. Show love to the Lord by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Holding tightly to him. Have you ever had a life motto before? Like YOLO or anything? Like have you ever had a life motto before? Cool. Uh, Me neither. Um... No, I was thinking about this the other day about like, what are some things that I uh, like live by? And I was reminded of a, a motto when I was in high school. So our football team, we had a motto every year we would create a motto for our team. And so that year, our motto, our little chanting phrase, like, let's all get hyped was win it all together, win it all together. So like, you know, you know, the tunnel, we'd like, sh- like go back and we're like, win it all together, win it all. We were so lame, by the way, but it pumped us up. I'm telling you, it pumped us up. And we had a pretty successful football season. And uh, we, I remember this game, we went to the state semifinals and we played against Prosper Eagles. And uh, I had just come back from an injury. And uh, I, it was a tough game. Like Prosper Eagles are really good. And uh, it, I remember I got... <laughs> smothered. I mean, I just got destroyed in this game by a 500-pound behemoth. Like, why, why are you playing football and not sumo wrestling? You're in the wrong sport, brother. Like, just totally, totally destroyed me. And I was like, coach. Like, he landed on me. Like, I don't know how I survived it, but he landed on me. I was like, coach, I need, I need to get out of the game. Like, just for a moment, like, let me, like, a scrawny Braden. I just need a moment, coach. And so I come out, on the sideline, like, Coach, come get me out. And so I'm standing over there, and I remember Coach coming up to me. I was like, call him. What's the deal? Like, Coach, I just need a moment, okay? He's like, call Your teammates are out there right now, and you're failing them. Get back on the field. I was like, Coach, I just got destroyed by a sumo wrestler. Give me a moment, okay? He's like, no, say it. Say it. What are you? And he looked at me. 
column, say it. And I was like, when it all together. He's like, no, say it with your chest. I was like, <laughs> when it all to- together. I don't know what's no, he's like, and then he like slaps me on the shoulder pads right there. He said, say it like you believe it. I know you believe in your teammates. Now say it with your chest. And then I get all hyped to put it all together. And so I go out there, I get pummeled again, and we lose and triple overtime by one point. It's the most devastating thing in my life. My athletic career was over then, and it's been downhill since then for me. Um, no, but I remember, that stuck with me. Say it with your chest, because it's not just a sports phrase. Really, it is a phrase that applies to our life. It's a phrase that speaks about conviction. It's a phrase that speaks about passion. It's a phrase that says, whatever you have on the inside, let it show. Don't just say it. Don't just believe it. Say it with your chest, right? Because what my coach was saying is, Brayden, I know you believe in this team, but I don't see any proof of it. I know you're in this for the team, but I don't see any proof with it. Believe it. Say it with your chest. You see, when you truly believe something and you're passionate about something, it will spill out into your life. And the same is with our relationship with God. If you have a genuine and passionate relationship with God, it will spill out into your lives. It should actually show in your lives. That's what Deuteronomy 11 talks about. If you love God, verse 1, then you will obey him. Verse 13, if you love God, then show it, prove it by serving him. Verse 22, if you love God, then it should be expressed by walking in his way. Deuteronomy is saying, if you are serious about your love for God, then don't just like whimper through life believing it. Say it with your chest. Be passionate about it in your life. Show it. Now you say, okay, Braden, this series is about worship, and you're talking about football passion. What, do the two, what does passion and worship have to do with each other? Well, I want you to know, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You will worship most what you are passionate about the most. You will worship most what you're passionate about the most. Can I tell you something tonight? Can I be honest with you? We will all worship something in our life, but we don't always worship the right thing because you will worship what you are most passionate about. And the problem is that many of us are passionate about the wrong things. Like some of us, we love to worship celebrities. Like we'll go, we'll go to like Bruno Mars concerts. We'll go to Taylor Swift concerts. And we'll just, oh my gosh, like weeping and crying during the show. You know what, I've seen, I've seen your Instagram posts and your Snapchats. I've seen you all weeping at concerts. Oh my gosh, Taylor Swift, I love you. Oh my gosh. Here's the thing, Taylor Swift doesn't love you. You have this expression of love and worship to someone who doesn't even care about you. Some of us have misplaced our worship. Uh, The NCAA tournament is coming up, and people are going to pay tons of money to go watch these teams play, and they'll be up in the stands expressing love for a bunch of people who don't care about you. Yet we love to worship those things, don't we? And we get passionate. Now hear me, I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with concerts. Like I love Bruno Mars. I love Taylor Swift. Call me basic. I don't care. I love Taylor Swift. There's nothing wrong with loving concerts or sports. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is how often do we misplace our worship into those things? You see, we have an opportunity every week 
to let our lives express our love for God. And though we have no problem expressing our love for Taylor Swift, who's done nothing for you, we come into this room in the presence of God face to face. You know how we worship God? That's how we worship him. But we have no problem worshiping celebrities. Yeah, God, God, the one who created you. The one who saw you in all of your mess, knows what you did last night, yet still loves you and cares for you and shows you mercy every day. You know how you express your love to him? The one, the one who sent his son Jesus to die for you on a cross so that you could avoid the punishment of eternal hell. That God, do you know how so many of us worship him? But then you take that same person to a Taylor Swift concert or to a football game or to a baseball game. Oh my gosh! Why, why have we so misplaced our passions? I think there is no greater threat to our faith than passive believers. There's no greater threat to our faith than passive Christians. And passive believers are the ones who, who would say, they may not say this, but their lives would say this, that passive believers would go, you know, I love God, but you would never know it by my life. I come in here, I worship, get my worship on. Passive believers would do that. But then Thursday through Tuesday, you would never know. There are so many believers whose expression of love to God is dependent on who is around them at the moment. Some of us in this room, like, this is the safe space, and you go all out for Jesus. But then Thursday morning, it's like, oh, these are cool people. I can't be crazy right now. I can't be weird. And so our worship and our expression of love to God is dependent on who is around us. Those are passive Believers, like we will deny our relationship with God to impress people who don't care about us. But have you ever seen anyone who's like young and in love? You ever seen those people at school? They're like at the lunch table, like, no, you eat it. No, you eat it. No, you eat it. Or like those people in the hallways who are like attacking each other's face. You're like, what? That's disgusting. I'm just trying to get to biology. Stop that. Like we've all, we've all been made uncomfortable by these people who have no problem with public displays of affection, right? We, like, we see it all the time. These people who don't care who is around, they're going to display their affection. But it makes sense because I want you to understand this tonight, is that love is designed to be expressed. Love is designed to be expressed. I don't know if you're nerdy like me, but I love definitions. And so I looked up the definition of express. So here's what, here's what it is. Express means to convey or communicate a thought or feeling in words, gestures, and conduct. So love is designed to be conveyed through words, gestures, and conduct. So when I come to worship in, in, in a room or wherever, and I genuinely love God, that love is designed to be expressed through words, gestures, and conduct. I, I have to. Love is designed this way. I have to take what is inside and express it on the outside. And there's people all the time, well, Braden, I'm just a reserved person. I'm just chill, man. 
Oh, yeah? Because I saw you at the football game last night. You weren't too chill then. Oh, you're a chill person? I saw you at school with your friends. You weren't too reserved then. Oh, you're a chill person? I've seen you at camp. I know how you can worship. Oh, you're a reserved person? I've seen your reaction when the Jonas Brothers releases a new single. I've seen it. Don't tell me you're reserved. I know you know how to be passionate, but suddenly we get into the presence of God and it's God, the one who created the universe. We get hyped up for Jonas Brothers. Let's go. I'm a sucker for you. But when we get in, uh, uh, I'm no longer We have misplaced our passions. I'm not saying that your expression of love has to be at a, a particular volume. I'm not even saying that, like, you have to reach a certain level of enthusiasm. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that if you have a genuine, real-life love for God inside of you, love is designed to be expressed on the outside. We have to express our love. You know the first way that you can express your love? You know the first way that you can actually express your worship? Worship to God is expressed through our words. Remember, the definition of express is to convey your thoughts or feelings through words. Question for you, how would you tell someone you love them? You just tell them, right? Like, I love, my, I tell my wife every day, baby, I love you. No, I don't say it like that. No. I tell my wife every day, I love you. You're incredible. You're beautiful. I'm so thankful that I get to wake up and know you're right there. I don't know what I would do without you. Do you know we can do the same thing with God? We can tell God, God, I love you. You're incredible. I don't know what I would do without you. I'm so glad, God, that I get to wake up every day and know you're with me. Worship is designed to be expressed in the way we do it is with our words. Could you imagine if I looked at my wife and I told her, and I looked at her, dead in the eyeballs. And I said, I told you I loved you six years ago on our wedding day. I'll let you know if it changes. Could you imagine what would happen? But so many of us do that with God. We have this incredible salvation moment. We're like teary-eyed. God, I love you. You're amazing. I'm going to talk to you all the time. And then we don't talk to him for six more years. And we think that's how our relationship with God's supposed to look. We are designed to express our love for God. Like, can you imagine? Again, here's a hypothetical. This would never happen. But could you imagine if I told Mandy, Mandy, it's Wednesday. I love you. I'll take you again next Wednesday, but not till then. And then I walk out. That'd be crazy, right? How many people think I would be married for very long? No. But we do the same thing with God every Wednesday night. God, I'm here. I love you. Summit's over, 8.15, I'll see you next week, God. Somehow that's okay, but if I did that to my wife, it would never work out. See, we were designed every moment of every day to express worship through our words. And we have an opportunity every week, but did you know worship starts when you wake up? Worship doesn't start when the first song starts. Every moment that you wake up and are breathing is an opportunity for worship. And it's simple. God, I love you. 
Thank you for this breath in my lungs. You're amazing. Help me pass this test because I need it, right? Like that's how we can speak to God. We express worship through our words. The second thing I want you to understand about worship is that worship to God is expressed through our gestures. The definition of express, right? To convey, communicate a feeling or thought through words and gestures. I don't know if you grew up at Beltway. If you did, that's awesome. I did not grow up at Beltway. In fact, I grew up at a pretty conservative church. And I love this church today. This church is amazing. Um, but some would say that it was a pretty conservative church. And, uh, but what I mean by that is during worship, um, we would sing, there were no instruments. It was all a cappella. And we didn't lift our hands. We didn't like sway or spin or dance or anything like that. We literally were like just frozen in the pews. And I thought, will this ever end? This is going forever. Like that was me growing up. Still love this church, but I just grew up in a conservative place. Flash forward a few years, and uh, I went to a different church, and I remember that this church was filled with crazy people. Do you know how I know it was filled with crazy people? Because they were lifting their hands during worship. I thought, these people are insane. These are crazy people. And I remember going to my youth pastor and saying, dude, what's the deal with all the hand raising? It just seems showy. It seems fake. Like, I don't understand. Like, God doesn't need us to raise his hand to be worshiped. And I will never forget what my youth pastor said. He said, Brayden, if you knew what I used to do with these hands, then you would understand why I give them to God. Brayden, if you understood what I used to do with this body, you would understand why I want to give him every expression of my body. Because he is that good. He has redeemed every part of me. So how could I not lift my hands? You know what lifting your hands really signifies? It's just surrender. It's vulnerability. Why do people lift their hands? It's just to signify, God, I am not in control. I am, I, I'm a mess and I need you. That's what we're raising. That's worship through gestures. Another way to worship through gestures is bowing down. In scripture, we see bowing down as a sign of humility and honor to the king. So we can worship through our postures. We can worship through our gestures. And if we genuinely love Jesus, genuinely, for real, like in our heart we know we love Jesus, then there should be an expression of love on the outside, whether it's through words or whether it's through gestures. Worship to God is expressed through words or gestures. Thirdly, Write this down. Worship to God is expressed through our lives. Worship to God is expressed through our lives. Listen to me. The biggest misconception about worship is that it has to do with music. Like a lot of us think worship is just the last two slow songs at the end of the set. That's what I'm going to get my worship on. No, hear me. That's not what worship is. We can worship through music, but worship is not music. When you wake up out of bed with all your crazy hair and stanky breath and you say, God, I love you, that's worship. You offering your body as a temple to God and not an object for someone's satisfaction, that is worship. When you live every moment of every day, no matter what the people around you say, when you live every moment determined to live, love, and look like Jesus, that is worship. Worship. Listen to me. You don't use your songs to express God's worth. You use your life to express God's worth. 
But we have this big misconception that worship is music, and it's not. We worship through music, but it is not music. We worship with our lives. I want you to look at Matthew 15. This is Jesus speaking. He speaks to a bunch of hypocrites, and he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from here. Here's what I want you to understand tonight. God doesn't, and when it comes to worship, God doesn't want just the songs that we sing. He wants our hearts. He doesn't just want the production. He doesn't just want the lip service. He wants every part of your life. And when you surrender every moment of every day, every game, every homework assignment, every interaction to your, with your parents and your siblings, when you surrender all of that for the glory of God, that is when it becomes worship. That's when we get to enter the space of staring him face to face and saying, God, I'm all in for you. How could I keep this love for you on the inside? All you've done for me. Bruno Mars hasn't done anything for me. How could he compare to you? Everything I have is for you, Jesus. Man, I am so ready. I am so ready to see a generation rise up and say, no more will I, expe- I, I, I meet the status quo. No more will I accept the status quo. No more will I, my, my expression for God, no more will be dependent on who is around me. No more can we afford to live a passive life of following Jesus. We can't afford any more people, any more Christians who will say, I love you, God, but then deny him with your life. We need a generation that will say, no more am I going to come into this room and worship with my mouth on Wednesday night, but then dishonor my parents with my wife, my life on Thursday morning. Not my wife. She's amazing. We need a generation who will say, no more am I going to lift my hands on a Wednesday night to Jesus, but then use those hands on my girlfriend Thursday night. We need a generation that will say, I'm not going to use my Instagram account to post Bible verses, but then switch over to Snapchat to post photos of myself to desperate men. We need a generation of Christians who will say, no more. This love for Jesus in my life is way too real to worship anything else. But again, it doesn't have to look like anything in particular, but there does have to be an expression of our love for God, what's on the inside is designed to come on the outside. You love Jesus? Don't just say it. Don't just passively live your life. Don't just not only love Jesus. No, say it with your chest. Believe it. Be passionate about Jesus. Call me crazy, but when I when I, I believe that if a generation will rise up and follow Jesus no matter who is around, I believe this city will change. I believe your schools will change. But we have way too many Christians who are like, I love you, Jesus, on Wednesday night, but it ain't cool to love you on Thursday morning in my 8 a.m. class. So I'm going to chill until next Wednesday. Call me crazy, but I believe when someone is bold enough to break that cycle, your classroom will change. When someone is bold enough to break that cycle, Your schools will change, your city will change, your home will change, but it takes someone who says, you know what, this love for God is too real. I cannot hide it. Hide it under a bushel. No. 
I'm going to let it shine. Here's the deal. If you're in this room right now and you don't know Jesus, what an incredible opportunity this will be tonight to meet him face to face. Maybe you're that person that Jesus describes in Matthew 15, who you've done all the lip service, but your hearts are far from him. What an incredible opportunity for you tonight for that to change. Because we're gonna take some moments tonight to meet him, to engage with him, to interact, to express our love for him. Because at the end of the day, we are not here for songs. We are here for him. He is not in this room for our songs. He is in this room for our hearts. And so that's what I want to give him tonight. Because he deserves it. He deserves every ounce of worship. He deserves every ounce of passion that I have. He deserves every ounce of energy that I have because of everything he has done for me. That is why we worship. To give it all to him because he deserves it.